Welcome to the Empowering the Future of Work podcast from InTech Ideas. The world of work has changed dramatically for companies and their team members. It's almost like someone hit the fast forward button, creating a new normal for work. The challenges we're encountering are endless, but there is a better way. This podcast focuses on tips, tricks, and topics to help you to excel in this new normal. We'd love for you to join us after the show when we host discussions about each topic on LinkedIn and Twitter. Now let's get started. Hi, and thanks for joining today. This is Skip Marshall with InTech Ideas, and I am super excited to have Ingrid Harp joining us. Hey, Ingrid, how are you? Hi, Skip. I am super excited to be here with you today. So I'm I'm really excited about our topic. We know it's been front and center of the news and a lot of businesses are really thinking about it. And that's diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI, um, as a differentiator for businesses. It's really something that's kind of shaping where our you know work is headed. Uh, but first, I want to kind of have you start a little bit about your background, because you've got a, a great background for this. And I think it's really influenced a lot of your experiences and how, how you talk about this topic. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we were talking about it earlier. I'm multicultural. So I was born in the U.S., come from American uh, parents, but raised in Mexico and come from Lebanese and German roots. And so growing up, I did have I did not have the traditional Mexican, you know, um, upbringing, um, but I've been able to live in countries like Asia, India, you know, now up to 10 years in the U.S. And so I, I could say that it was the moment that I left um, Mexico that I started to realize how hard it is and the expectations that women have in developing countries and how that carries, even if you move to another country, like those expectations will forever be with you. And so um, I, you know, we were talking about, I started a, an organization called Women Ambassadors Forum when I was 19. And that started because of this need of not going back to those expectations and to having a support system around me that was strong enough for me to fight against that. And so started with a five-day forum, even though I never planned a forum in my entire life. I I honestly probably didn't even know what the forum, the word forum meant. Um, (laughs) But I wanted to do, you know, it was a five-day forum because the instructor that I met, he was a Harvard professor and he taught at, you know, governments and Fortune 500 companies. And he said the least amount of days that he could do the trainings would be five days. And so that's how it all started. And fast forward to today, you know, we've accepted over, I would say 500 ambassadors, but we've had thousands of applications. We're in 150 countries. I mean, it's just been this kind of, this journey that I never imagined myself going into um, and growing into as well. So I was going to say, how at 19, most 19 year olds don't really think about something so grand and and ambitious in terms of what you were doing there. How, you know, I understand kind of what was behind that, but, you know, that's a pretty bold initiative to take on at 19. So I took a sociology class for anyone that has ever taken any sociology courses. They really start, they really start you think, make, make you think about, you know, everything that we see from media to um, to like music, everything around us and how sexist it is and how we're consuming sexist uh, content. And so at all times we're reminded of how we can't be enough or we can't, we have to be a certain size or we have to be, you know, a certain way. And for me, like I said, 
I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. Um, my father runs his own businesses. My grandfather runs his own businesses. But no one in my family that was a female did. And for me, that was tough. Like for me, that was like, oh my goodness, like my the males in my family have had such success in their life. And I am here in an amazing university in, in, in Texas. And I know that at some point I'm going to have to go back and follow that, you know, traditional path. And so for me, taking a sociology class, understanding that, understanding the numbers, knowing that I never wanted to go back to that stereotype and break it made me start something so young. And I think nowadays, more than ever, we start seeing younger and younger activists come up and start organizations very young, because I think now you know, it doesn't matter your age, you're fearless. And if you get to the point of being fearless and having the right mentors and having like a breakthrough experience, you can start, you know, at any age. Now, I completely agree with that. And it's, you know, but it's still quite a big initiative to be able to talk about this. And, you know, you've, you've taken this in a lot of different directions and done a lot of different things, but now let's come back to the, the topic. It's about diversity, equity, and inclusion. One of the things you educated me on was to really think about the sequencing or order of those words and kind of how that kind of comes together and how they each have different meanings. So tell us a little about, you know, you tend to lean towards inclusion first. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So just to kind of give a, a little bit more context, um, I started to be asked by Fortune 500 companies to do internal projects for them. And so that being forums, recruiting events, um, just because they saw that I would pull in a very diverse group of people. Um, and, and I can do that because I look like the people that I attract. I write projects because I understand my audience. I understand what minority groups need, you know, what what it is that um, they're looking for. And so about 10 months ago, I started in this whole journey of prioritizing inclusion. And, and the thing that I, I, I know has made our forums very successful is that we are very intentional about bringing inclusion first. And if you focus on, on prioritizing inclusion and creating projects where, or even assessing within your company um, how inclusive it is, then diversity and equity come secondhand, right? And so the, the problem with inclusion is that inclusion is not a metric, it's a value. And so a lot of companies don't know that inclusion needs to be measured, right? And, um, and I think that over the years, by being an activist and, and running very big forums, I mean, our average, um, even this year, digital forum has about 2,000 tickets sold. Um, I mean, it's just, it's grown a lot. And so I think that if we hadn't, or if we didn't build an inclusive agenda and made sure that we're not you know, um, excluding any um, gender or we're not excluding anyone despite, you know, disabilities or race or age, um, gender, um, then we're able to attract everyone, right? And so I think that's what we focus on the most is like, why are you just talking about diversity? You need to bring a generational consultant. So people that look like me that understand um, inclus inclusion. Um, and two, I would say, um, you know, to start thinking outside the box and, and doing things differently, because obviously what we've done for years or consultants have done for years isn't working anymore. 
Right. You know, it's you, you made a, an important point that I think is worth highlighting that inclusion is a value, right? And I, I know people don't really even think about that. And, you know, our organization really focuses on how do you actually ready for the future of work and, and set up that um, strong cultural element within your organization to, you know, bring in, you know, a diverse and inclusive organization. Now, what are some some tips in terms of organizations kind of driving towards that? How do they how do they go about creating a an inclusive, diverse organization? Yeah. So I think the first thing that companies need to do is assess your culture, right? Um, because the thing is, is that you need to start understanding what it is that your entry level or employees that you're attracting want um, and desire. And so it's everything from understanding leadership to sense of belonging. So being how engaged your people are, how committed, the purpose, um, even looking at like tools and processes, leadership, policies and resources. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that need to be reassessed and a lot of things that need to be um uh, you know, brainstormed, even that's being having a gender committee in your company and bringing outside, um, you know, experts to be able to drive internal change. But to be honest, like the simplest way to start measuring inclusion is to open a dialogue within your company. It doesn't matter. I, I honestly even encourage startups and smaller companies to prioritize it even more um, because once you grow, um, then it becomes more complicated and all this money that you're spending on employee retention and, you know, it, that is because you failed at, at measuring right. and understanding inclusion. You know, it's, it's interesting. I think that one of the challenges companies have is, is opening up the conversation and even discussing the topic. There's, you know, many people are just uncomfortable having that conversation. Um, and it's the the reality is you've got to take that first step. You've got to make it so that it is okay to have that conversation. Um, and working with people like you certainly helps foster that. It creates that that opportunity. Now, um, an interesting thing you know, that often comes up is, you know, perceived generational differences in terms of how people deal with it. Um, you know, and it's, you know, there's a lot of debate over how people do this. You'll hear people complain that, you know, you know, should we have quotas? No quotas are bad. You know, should we, you know, how do we foster this stuff? Is, is there really a generational difference in your opinion? And, and if so, what does that look like? Yeah, so there definitely is. Um, you know, I'm going to talk about a study um, that was done on like 107 individuals, including, you know, baby boomers, Gen Xers, millennials, and Gen Zers. So, they found there's actually little to no difference when it comes to business ethics, um, but there was a significant significant difference when it comes to former rules and procedures. And so, like, what actually motivates Gen Zers and, and and younger generations? And so, rules, procedures, again, I mean, these are things that we need to start reevaluating um, that could actually even prevent people from staying in your company. Um, but I think a lot of it is you can't just measure or do this kind of work once. You have to also create a space where younger generations are coming in and helping you reassess and reevaluate what it is that you're doing. Because at the end of the day, we are the future generation that is taking over the workplace. And if we don't listen to these generations and understand their needs, ways they grow, um, you know, you and I were talking about this um, on how we spend companies spend a lot of times creating this 
you know, perfect experience for customers and making sure the customer, you know, has a great outcome and a great experience, everything top to bottom. But we don't do that for our employees, right? Um, and so I think a lot of times right now, what we see, and, and you mentioned at the beginning, is like this, you know, now movement of companies hiring DNI. Um, you know, directors and a lot of them, I honestly don't understand. I, 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 I know I should say this, but they're like white and it's okay. I think if you've had, <laughs> you've had enough experiences, it doesn't matter your skin, you could be a very inclusive person, right? But I think right now it is the time to be able to pay forward to minorities, to women um, that understand the market, right? Um, and to bring on different voices so that, again, we're, we're building these inclusive cultures. Yeah, you know, you raise a really interesting point there. It's, it's, and I actually had this conversation a couple of weeks ago where the topic came up about, um, you know, women and attitudes toward women in the workplace, particularly in tech companies. And, you know, it's, you know, the idea that, you know, somebody's got to be at home cooking dinner or taking care of the kids. And I, I brought up the point, I said, it's great to have women empowering women, right? But in this case, men need to be standing up and saying, hey guys, you know, and my wife's probably near where she can hear me, but I'm gonna say it anyways, you know, I often, well, she would agree with me. I often do the cooking in our house. That's just the normal thing for us. And that's understanding how, you know, there is a balance in the home as well as at work. And that's to your point, getting that balance is, is critical. It doesn't, um, you can't affect change if you don't get that balance and you don't hear differing opinions and you don't make it so that others are heard. And it is important um, that you have those that may be in the representative majority supporting that, right? They've got to be pushing that forward and encouraging those voices to be heard. You know, there's no way, there's no way to make that happen if you don't. Um, and I, you know, I'm quick to get on my soapbox for that one. That one's been a, a kind of a hot button issue for me, particularly as I started life as a, an elementary school teacher, right? So you go back and look at my history. There are not a lot of men teaching elementary school. Um, and, you know, so it's getting that diversity of experience. I have friends that are nurses that are men, same thing. So you start breaking down those barriers. You got to do the same thing across the board um, mm -hmm. and, and creating more of a universal approach to that support, not just a one-sided approach. Mm -hmm. um, now, one of the interesting things, and actually, before I skip and talk about equity, I want to talk about personalizing processes and how it relates to diversity and inclusion um, in organizations. And you had mentioned to me that that is one of the things that companies often miss. So tell me a little bit about how you can personalize processes within an organization to kind of help with diversity and inclusion. Yeah, absolutely. So one, the, the very famous approach is the hiring process. And so personalizing that hiring process, I think what, what we've seen a lot, especially in bigger companies, is the employee gets hired, and, and I'm telling this from experience, um, and then you have no idea who to con like who the ERG leaders are, um, you know, who, um, you know, how can I get in, in contact with this person or is there mentorship? Like, you know, there, there aren't this process of, you know, of, of being very specific and inclusive from the get go doesn't really exist. Right. And again, I think a lot of it, too, is because the hiring process, you know, a lot of times can't be biased. Right. And so it's also doing a lot of training 
with the recruiters and the HR leaders. And that's why I think um, a lot of times like we end up talking more to HR leaders because they're the ones that are having to deal with all of it, right? And they end up becoming like the therapists of all these people and they don't have time <laughs> to create processes that are actually inclusive um, and, and allow for people to be themselves from the get-go, right? And so that's one. Another one I would say is um, growth, right? The, the whole journey of uh, growing and evolving. I know Walmart does an amazing job uh, with this. Um, you know, one of their ads is, you know, you can start, you know, from the cashier to become the CEO, right? I mean, how unlikely that is. But, you know, for the fact, I, I understand that they probably own most of, of, of the market. I mean, they're a humongous company. But again, I think having a culture where people understand, you know, the journey of uh, entry level all the way to like growth can also allow you to help keep Gen Zers and millennials that are just joining your company, right? Um, and then obviously another one that I think is important in, in personalizing too is um, is your events and your initiatives internally, right? Um, making sure that they're made because you got, you know, by and for the people. Um, and so understanding what your culture needs, what your people need, what they want, rather than assuming um, and, and that's something I noticed when I started to work with Fortune 500 companies that they would create these projects and there was this, this you know, miscommunication between their employees, their leadership and what they were creating. And so their ROI was for people to show up to the event. And I thought that was insane, right? Like I mentioned, it's like, how how is that for you, your success metric for you? own employees to show up, right? Um, there has to be something wrong. And so making sure that that part of the piece, like you building um, spaces where people can be themselves productive, they can engage with other people within the company. Um, it has to be part of the DNA. Like it has to be embedded in everything that you do. So I think you can definitely personalize a lot of a lot of processes from like the way people schedule their their calendars, you know, teaching them about boundaries, like the their daily experience. Um, I mean, again, there's a lot, but I also think a lot of it too is like reassessing, like starting to understand, like how like how can you train more people within your leadership so that whenever these projects are being built, they're understanding and it's not something that they see as like not useful for their company. And I, you know, I think something interesting has really happened and, you know, it's, I was very careful when I talk about our current situation with the pandemic and everything that's going on, because there's a lot of people that have been really hurt about this, but there's also a lot of positives that have come out um, related to this, because I think we've seen with all the working from home, a lot of companies have been forced to really think, rethink their policies and create much more, um, flexible environments for their employees to, which allows a lot of things you're talking about to really come to fruition, right? So it's, they can be more of themselves. They can, they can have a more adaptive schedule for themselves that accommodates their family needs and family demands. It really um, has changed in, in a lot of ways. And I, I say, I've said this multiple times, I think it's kind of hit the fast forward button on the future of work. A lot of this stuff has been predicted to come about in 2030, this was going to happen kind of thing. But we're seeing it today. This is something that we're living and, and breathing today. Mm -hmm. Now, tell me about none of the above, because you're not just an entrepreneur. You're a serial entrepreneur. 
Um, I am. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm starting to only focus on specific industries, so it's not confusing for people. Um, but uh, none of the above um, is a company that I started about five months ago based on research and interviewing over 200 diversity and inclusion directors and also HR leaders and CEOs, depending on the size of the company. And so we started to understand and, and, and see what it is that companies were looking for. I mean, all, all of the above, right, that we talked. And what we realized was that there wasn't a consulting firm or a team uh, or a partner that could help humanize the, the processes that are already in place in corporate America, right? And come in, and I'm saying generational consultants because we're not corrupted by corporate America yet. And so when we come in and we come in with new strategies, with new, you know, based on needs by our generation, whatever assessments, like we're not going to just assume we're going to measure, right? Which is where, where you get results. Um, but I think that that's where we realize that we could be an advantage, right? Um, and I think also my background on doing forums and understanding multiple countries and um and how to get in front of, of of someone that you know your ideal target audience um and so we came up with this whole company of like doing things out of the box um creating initiatives that are you know specifically made for your team for your company um changing things up making your company become uh, you know a, a activist like be a part of big movements um i think companies are very scared of those words i usually never mention that i'm an activist because they're like oh my gosh except giovanni, <laughs> giovanni. Um, it's actually a, a really good company that does practice activism and they go all the way to like the Supreme Court and they pass, you know, pass policies and same as Fossil. Um, and guess what? They have a, a lot of Gen Zers and Millennials. And so that's kind of the movement that we're trying to bring. And I think also, um, you know, we believe that people don't belong in a box, right? So checking the box, um, doing the same, like, why are we still doing the same things over and over? Like the, the same typical, you know, unconscious bias, you know, training, like, they're not enough. Like we need to change it from the core and that's where we, we want to get in. Sure. Well, I, I think you'd, you'd be surprised. I would, I would argue that most organizations, certainly the large organizations are activist organizations. There's a lot of those companies that have lobbying firms inside the organizations. Walmart has them, Amazon, you name it. But I think what it is, is about what they're lobbying for, what they're being activated about. Right. And getting them on these more important topics. Now, I have to say um, it is I, I hope and pray that, you know, people are listening to the younger generation, because as my kids are often quick to remind me, the younger generation is going to be taking care of the older generation here and they will be coming of age and, and really driving these businesses. Um, so it's it is something that, uh, you know, we can all learn from and really no matter what size of organization you're from or what generation you're from or what demographic you're from, you know, taking advantage of, of this information. Um, Ingrid, this, this conversation is always with you has been, been awesome. And I know the audience will find it very helpful. Um, if you are looking for this type of information, we're going to provide all sorts of information in our, our show notes, um, Ingrid's contact information, um, information about the women's ambassador form will be there. We'll also include information about none of the above. So if you want to get in touch with Ingrid, that will be there. Um, so thank you very much 
for the time. I appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to, to following how you progress and you know, really start to, to change the shape of businesses and the way they deal with diversity, equity, and inclusion. Excuse me, inclusion, diversity, and equity. I'll flip it around. Thanks, Ingrid. You cut yourself. Thank you, Skip, for, for making this space for me and I'm sure a lot of other leaders to bring their insights. Um, I, I have always enjoyed talking to you so much. Um, I think you are you represent what inclusive leaders are. And so I think this is just such a you know natural conversation to talk to an inclusive leader, for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Everyone, thanks for joining us. And again, all the information will be in the show notes when we post the show. And uh, we look forward to the next time. Thanks for joining us today on the Empowering the Future of Work podcast. Don't worry if you think you've missed something. We include everything in the show notes. You can also participate in the conversation by heading over to intechideas.com and clicking on the podcast link. You'll find information on each podcast plus links to our social media channels to continue the discussion. Finally, make sure to subscribe to the show and share it with a friend. Until next time.